That's right, everybody. Gersh Kunstman and Vince DiMaselli at Brooklyn Paper Radio recording live from downtown Brooklyn. That's America's downtown. That's what they tell me. Brooklyn Paper Radio, of course, sponsored by Dr. Joseph Lichter, DDS, and Atlas Steakhouse. And we have, and I say it every week, we have an amazing show, but the person Mm -hmm. of the hour who's going to be joining us in about five minutes, Tom Gamboa. That's the skipper of the Brooklyn Cyclones. Yep. Cyclones are in what I would call, and I'm the dean of the Cyclones press corps. You are one of two deans. I'm the dean of the Cyclones press corps. Yeah, I, I believe there are call, two of us. I would call what the Cyclones are experiencing a free fall. There, I said it. They're two and four. Oh, they are not in a good position right now. At the bottom of the McNamara division in the New York Penn League's split season A level. Short season A. The mini-Mets are a disaster, and Tom Gamboa, their skipper, is going to be on after I ask Vince the question I always ask him. Vince, how are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. I had a tough weekend, Gersh. Tough what, weekend. what was a tough weekend? I went to Atlantic City with my brothers and my dad to celebrate Father's Day. Oh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was okay. I lost 200 bucks. That's oh. right off the bat. Very um, unlike you. Then I had a situation where, you know, I'm the middle child. Do you know what that means? No, I, I was letting you tell your story. Well, do you do you have a you have? A it means you get it, yeah, you, you get, get it from both sides. Yeah, you do. You get it from both sides. From both sides. So, situation happens where all of a sudden my brothers are upset with the way I dress. I mean, you look handsome. That, I think so. I, I think mean, so. You dress your and age. I got my. You, I, you know, I have, I have two brothers. Yeah, you got your, your fat brother. Right, my fat brother. And you Scott. got and you got your asshole brother. Yeah, that's Ross. <laughs> okay. Now, why do we call him my asshole brother? Because he starts every sentence with asshole. Begins and <laughs> ends every sentence with asshole. So let me give you an example. Give of, me an example. This is an example of what happened to me o- over the weekend. Asshole, why do you dress like that, asshole? And how do you even answer that? Well, it's, it's very difficult to answer that question. So that's what he says to me. And then he goes on this, this diatribe about how I have to dress younger. I dress, you, asshole, you dress your age, asshole. And you need to dress younger, asshole. Well, I, I'm like looking that. at him right now. Just, Jimmy, if we can get a picture of uh, Vinny on the Just air. Show it, show it. We got the Facebook uh, Live. You look like a 45-year-old guy. Well, what, what are you going to do? I'm a 45-year-old guy. What am I trying to hide? I, I'm, your hair looks great. I use the Rogaine. I'd say you take five pounds off and you look 35. I rode the bike in today. I'm proud of you. The point is, i just make a long story endless. Go. All right? Go. So he tells me this whole thing about how I got to do this, how I got to do that, how I got to do that. And I look at him and I say, Russ, I love this advice, but your fly's open. His fly was literally open. His fly's open. Okay, that kind of undermines the whole advice. Yeah, but then he's like, well, I'm advertising. I'm advertising. Uh, he is advertising. He's a handsome man, your brother. Oh, he's a former, former firefighter. Cop, former cop, former fireman. See, I, I'm more attracted to him as a firefighter than I am as a cop. You know, some people say, some women say that uh, he's ruined it for them. He's ruined firemen for them. <laughs> what does that mean? They all want to sleep with him? What are they? What are no, you that he ruined it. Like there was this this dream of the fireman. Yeah. And now they met my brother, and that that dream is gone. Well, I still have the dream, but not as a cop, as a fireman. Anyway, I wanted to bring up a couple of things. As I said, we're sponsored by Joseph Lichter and Atlas Steakhouse. Yep. We're going to be talking after Tom Gamboa explains to us how he's going to write the wrong cyclone ship. Is they're in trouble? We're going to talk to Max Yeager, who got arrested at the Mermaid Parade. That's going to be a hot interview. I'm not sure he was arrested. <laughs> He was summoned. <laughs> he was summoned. We're going to talk about the, the new F train exit. I don't even think it's a desk appearance. I don't. We are going to talk about goat labor. They are <laughs> replacing human labor in Brooklyn parks with goats, I've my heard friends. There are some people that are telling me that only a goat can do this job, but I guess we'll get into that. Well, we've got to reach out to Gamboa, so I'm going to give him a call. Can we, get some, can we get some calling music, Get some music, dialing Jimmy? music up. Are you going to call <laughs> I 
can't even tell if I'm dialing him. Okay, I just dialed him. Now let's see, we're gonna have to Tom Gamboa. Is it ringing? I always get so nervous at this point. I do too. The thing is, Jimmy's dialing music was way too loud. I couldn't hear what I was doing. Right, let's just try it again. Ooh. You gotta pick that up. This happens every time, folks. Bear with us, Tom. Can you shut that off, yeah, Jimmy? Yeah, shut it off, Jimmy. Thank you. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. I'll do now it. just dial. Nine first. Did you dial nine? I did not. <laughs> Don't try to get the number off of this, folks. Listen. Because we've done this before. I might even dial incorrectly just to mess you up. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. Okay. There he goes. All right. Now you got to get him on. There you go. Very good, Jimmy. That was loud. Yeah, it's, the, it's the switchover. You do the talking, Gersh. Tom Gamboa. I hope he answers. He told us 450. Call him at 450. We'll give us 10 minutes. He said he's got batting. Hey. Hey, is that Tom Gamboa? How are you? Hey, Tom, you're on the air. You're on Brooklyn Paper Radio here with Gersh Kuntzman, the dean of the Cyclones Press Corps, and, of course, Vince DiMaselli, the new dean of the Cyclones Press Corps. How are you, sir? <laughs> hey, we're doing good. We're just we're getting shortly getting ready to take batting practice here in Connecticut. Uh, beautiful weather here in Norwich. And... Uh, I say let's play two. Play. Let's play two, Tom. Yeah, well, let's, let's see. Let's see if we can. Let's see if we can just play nine innings. Is what our goal is. All after right. the after the twenty and seventeen innings in the first four games, yeah, we're going to try to get back to nine. Now, Tom, you know the elephant is in the room, so we got to talk about it. These Cyclones have started off two and four. Now, is this a free for all? You've been in the game a long time, Tom. Is this a free for all? A free-for-all? Well, I, I tell you, we definitely like the talent that the uh, Mets got out of the draft. We're having some of the, the top ten picks have been joining us daily. We got the uh, the top three uh, still remain to, 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 to do this. with this College World Series. We had a couple players that are still playing. Mm. But uh, once we get our full squad here, I, I, think the, I think the fans are going to be real pleased with the talent we put on the field, and I can promise them, we have much more offense than what, what we showed last year. Well, that's been the problem even this year. You, you guys have already been no hit. Like, what's going on over there? And, <laughs> and secondly, who is, who's that big bat? Who's going to be the big bat for you this year uh, once the season really gets going? Well, the, the, the two guys that remain to come had huge college seasons, I'm told. I, personally, I don't know anything about them, but we, we have a big right-hand hitting first baseman named Alonzo from the University of Florida and I'm told that his last college at bat, because they, they were just eliminated yesterday in the College World Series, but he hit a ball completely out of the stadium. They said over 500 feet. Well, they they call that a home run. Most, he's <laughs> one of the most prolific home run hitters in college baseball this year. And then we're getting a shortstop that apparently we're going to move to second base named Paez from Coastal Carolina, and apparently they're still alive in this College World Series. Mm. But of the guys we got here right now, uh, we have three that have been very impressive, and they only played a couple games with us. A shortstop named Colby Woodmansey from Arizona State seems to be a very gifted player with the bat and the glove, as is Jacob Zanin, who's mm. been playing center field for us. And uh, this kid, uh, Nick Sardakis, mm. or Sardakis, who's been playing second base, is off to a very good start for us. Well, that, I mean, it, it, all, it all sounds so optimistic. I guess you've been in the game a long time, as I said. How do you keep the team together? They know reinforcements are on the way. What's the mood in the clubhouse? Well, the mood is very good. I mean, okay. I, I, I'm a real people person, and I pride myself 
on getting a team to play together. And we've, we've, been, we've told all the kids that they're all going to play. And in college baseball, they generally play four games a week. So mm-hmm. the Mets are looking at even at the starters playing a maximum of four and at the most five games a week, which allows for the other guys that, that won't be everyday players but will get an opportunity to play two to three times a week. So um, you know, we, we, we preach and talk every day about this being a, a, a 35-man family that we're going to be together for 76 ball games and to just – do the best they can when they're in the game and pull for their teammates on the nights that they have off. I mean, it's it's a managerial nightmare for you because you got it. You can't play these guys every day. It's like if, if you were a Mets manager. Listen, you just nail that lineup card on the door. You don't even have to think about it. You got to actually think about this stuff. Well, that's right. I, I keep a play chart and a pitching chart, so that way it keeps my you know in the mornings when I wake up, I look and see because I. To keep the guys fresh, I try to give them a day off, but I don't want anybody to ever be off more than two mm-hmm. or the, so that they, they don't lose their flow of at-bats and their rhythm and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, I've been doing this for 44 years, so it's, it's old hat to me, it, but I still have a passion for the game, and, and I enjoy watching young kids uh, play and progress. You're a little like that guy on the Washington Nationals. You're making baseball fun again. Am I right? Well, that's, that's, baseball is supposed to be fun. Last time I checked, it was a game. I mean, these... it's not a job. It's a, it's a game. <laughs> the job part comes in on the bus rides and the travel. Mm-hmm. But when the umpire says play ball, he doesn't say work ball. It's, <laughs> it's play. And I, and I stress that to the kids every day. I said, hey, your career is going to go by in the blink of an eye, so enjoy every moment that well, you're on the field. Hopefully not a blink of an eye. If this guy is good as you say, this, <laughs> this guy from College World Series, uh, maybe we'll get some guy, guy have a 10-year career. And you've had some guys come to the Cyclones and, and leave quickly and go on, go on to the Mets within, within a year or so. Mike Conforto, uh, one of those guys, he, was, he played for you a couple years back, and uh, now he's on the big team. Struggling right now, but uh, has he called you for any advice? No, no, I think, the, you know, the, the, uh, Kevin, I'm sure Kevin Long and Pat Russell mm. will take care of his hitting. And, uh, you know, Michael is such a gifted athlete that he went through this whole system in literally one year from the day that he signed. And he's having the first adversity that he's ever experienced in his life. And I have no doubt that not having gone through this before, that he's pressing somewhat. And, you know, what I've heard and even read quotes by him, He's expanded his strike zone, which is the thing that he was most gifted with, is, is his ability to spit on pitches that were pitcher's strikes and not hitter's mm-hmm. strikes. But when, you, when you're blessed with the talent that, that Michael's got, <laughs> he's going to come out of this thing very shortly, and there's going to be a lot of pitchers in the National League paying. See, see if in the price for the slump that he was in. If, if he was on the phone with me right now, I would say keep your eye on the ball. That's what they used to tell me in Little League. You know what they told me? They yeah. used to tell me, take two and go to right. Yeah, that's good. Is that, that good was... advice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you are right in the sense that years ago, I remember I asked Don Mattingly what he did to come out of a slump, and Mattingly said that he tried to keep his front shoulder closed longer, and he thought about going the opposite way, meaning <laughs> as a left-handed hitter, hitting the ball to the left center field. Yep. Because he felt that, that, that letting the ball get a little deeper – uh, kept him from chasing bad pitches, and and inevitably that got him back on track. And there's also there's also that great advice: don't try to kill it. Uh huh. I'm just I'm just you've heard all these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, these are certainly yeah. now, now certainly t- sound advice. Now, Tom, just so our, our listeners know, the Cyclones come back home to uh, MCU Park on Saturday to play the Hudson Valley Renegades. What do you, what's the scouting report on the Renegades so far? 
Well, uh, Tim Parrington does a terrific job as the manager there. He's back for his third year. And uh, the one thing I know about Timmy, he's, a, he's an ex-college coach that came into pro ball, like I said, three years ago. And, and he is a big advocate of the running game. Oh, so boy. when in doubt, they run. And he forces, uh, he forces pitchers to, to get that ball to the plate in less than 1.3 seconds and they'll take advantage of it. So, so how, how's our, our battery? Is, Does our, our, our our goal is to get ahead of them and shut their running game down. They can play more conservatively. Yeah, they can't win the game if they don't get anybody on first base. Like, that's hard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so how's our battery? How's our catcher? Are we going to throw some guys out? Yeah, our, we're real happy with our catcher. We got three fine catchers. We, we, we got uh, <clears throat> Ali Sanchez, a, a youngster uh, from Latin America that we're very high on, and we just got a real good guy out of the draft from Xavier College named Dan Rizzi. And we've got Brandon Brozier, who the fans saw from last year, that's very, very much improved as a catcher and, of course, provides a lot of power. Oh, a catcher with power. So, uh, we need that. Yeah, the Cyclones have not yep. had that in a while. That's the Johnny Bench stuff going now, on. I don't know, um, Tom, if you realize you're going to get a Brooklyn paper bounce here because Ger- Vinny and I covered the Cyclones in their inaugural season when they went all the way, all the way to the championship and won the championship. Uh, so I'm expecting that's one. Yeah, 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 we were it, there. It would, it would be nice 15 years later to repeat that. We'll oh, give it a shot. we got to do it. Now, Tom, we got to let you go because I know you got batting okay. practice. Thanks, because I'm just about ready to throw batting practice. There you go. Thanks. He's throwing yeah. it. He's <laughs> out okay. there. He's on the mound. Okay. Tell Vince Gersh, it's good talking to you. you Always go, a Tom. pleasure. We'll have you on again. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. I always wish the Cyclones a lot of luck, but what I especially want to say, a walk's as good as a hit. That's what I say in this situation. If Tom, if you're still listening, a walk's as good and, as a hit. And you have to, when you're standing there at the plate yeah. and the ball's coming at you, yeah. you got to step into it. Oh, yeah. You've got to swing you level, though. You've got to swing you level. You don't put your foot in the bucket. I see kids yeah. swinging and their foot goes in the bucket, and it, it drives me nuts. Well, you can't have it. You've got to step into it, girl. Anyway, that was Tom Gamboa, the skipper of the Cyclones. They're 2-4, and four, but they're coming home on Saturday and Sunday. Got a weekend twin bill against... You know the worst news about it? <laughs> oh, it's in Valley Renegades. The what? worst news about it, Gersh, is that the hated Staten Island Yankees, the evil empire yeah. of, the, of the New York Penn League, 5-1. and 5-1. Yeah. and one. But they're changing their name. Did Are you they? hear this? Wait, no, I didn't hear this. Oh, yes, yes. There's a, there's a, there, a contest out there now. And they want to change the name of the Staten Island Yankees. Apparently, the Staten Island Yankees, unlike the Cyclones, are not owned by the uh, by the. That's correct. They're not owned. They're they're an affiliate. By the parent club. They're an affiliate. They were owned by the parent club, yeah. but they were sold. So now they want to change the name. So I, th- you know, obviously the simple answer they're out on Staten Island, out on the the, the Staten Island Rockers. Yeah, Staten Island Rocks. Yeah, the Staten Island Rocks. The Staten Island. The Staten bombers. Island. How about the Staten Island Bombers? Staten Island Dump. <laughs> the Staten <laughs> Island Dumpers. <laughs> the Dump. The Staten Island. No, it's got to be the Staten Island Ferry, right? It's got to be the ferries, the ferry jumpers. No, the problem with the ferry. Ferry dodgers. No, I think ferry. Ferry boats. No. Anyway, we got to pay a bill Staten or two. Island. We're about to be joined by Max Yeager, who's going to tell us all about his arrest on Coney Island. But first, if you're going to be Max Yeager and you're going to get arrested on Coney Island, you want to have a dentist like Dr. Joseph Lichter. Here's why. Of course. Because if you're going to get a ticket for an open container law violation, Max. You need money, and the only way to save your money and still have beautiful teeth like you do is to go to Joseph Lichter, because he's got Invisalign, he's got cleaning, he's got fillings, root canal therapy, tooth extractions, implants, porcelain veneers at 10 to 50% lower than those fancy Brooklyn Heights dentists. Lichter's located at 1420 Avenue P, 
between East 14th and East 15th Street in Midwood. That's P as in periodontal. It is. And you can visit him on his website at josephlichterdds.com. That's J-O-S-E-P-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R-D-D-S.com. Go tell him. You know, after you save all that money, you want to celebrate. Where do you celebrate? Atlas Steakhouse. Because Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak. And every cut. Wait, is, wait, 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 wait. You choose your steak? You choose it. Like, they'll, they'll bring out some steaks. Oh, they you. do? You it's not like look. just on the menu. It's like, I'll have the ribeye? They actually bring the ribeye to you. Like, you can bring it out and pick it out. Fantastic. Okay. You choose that steak, and every cut, Gersh is aged to tender perfection on site. Then, you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine list or with one of Atlas Steakhouse's signature cocktails. Have you had one of those? I had one called The Godfather, believe it or not. It's just like whiskey and vermouth, I think. I just wish we had more time, Gersh. I know. There just wasn't enough time. Enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desired. And when your main course arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse at 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them on the website at atlassteak.com. You know, you did that very well. I was thinking if Gamboa wins on Saturday night in the Cyclones homecoming, we take him to Atlas Steakhouse. What do you think? I think he'd love to go. All right. I got to get you. He's a meat and potatoes guy. I got to get Jaeger in here. Do you know that as a fact? He could be a vegan. No, he is a meat and potatoes guy. You know, I haven't had a potato I can't believe Conforto hasn't called him. It's weird. Yeah, because it was... Your it was, call is being answered by well, Audit. How, how did I get a, Jaeger. Maxi. Is not available. What the hell is out there? Call Ruth Brown. I'll get Ruth. I'll get Ruth. Hang that up. All right. Wait, what the hell is going on? I'm good. Okay. All right. Ruth Brown will get her on the phone. Yeah, let's try that. Nothing's happening. No, you gotta you gotta actually dial the number. Do me a favor, Johnny. Johnny. All right, I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm I'm leaving. Yeah, there, there is, is Max Yeager. Max Yeager, everybody. Off the hook. Max Yeager, come on here, join us. Now listen. Max, yes. we just talked about your teeth, and I said on, on the air, and I said, Johnny, let's get a picture of Max's teeth. he got great teeth. Oh, thank you. But you need to go to Joseph Lichter because he's going to save you some money. Right. Now, we've, talked, we've discussed this. We decided you needed the money because of what happened on Coney Island this weekend, and i got to ask you. I'm out so much right now. i got to ask you the tough questions. First, Max, what happened, where, and why? Okay, so I'm leaning up. First of all, I can't hear myself in the headphones very well. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Where yeah, were right. you? What I, do you mean you're was, leaning up? Where uh, were you? Johnny, Jimmy, fix fix Max's headphones, please. I'm leaning up on a chain link fence outside of Dino's Wonder Wheel Park around West 12th Street on the boardwalk. When and where? Uh, let's say about 2.30 Coney Island. Coney Island, Brooklyn. And you were at the Mermaid Parade. I was That's at the, the Mermaid, Mermaid Parade. Parade. Okay. Mermaid Parade. Keep going. You can also state these things. Um, so I'm leaning up against this fence. I'm watching the parade. It's about to start. They haven't made it to me yet. I'm maybe five feet from the crowd who's all pushed up against police barriers, so I'm sort of alone. I'm standing there sipping my beer looking for a story. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sipping your beer. Sipping my beer. Okay, mm-hmm. go on. Looking for a story, and then two cops start slowly Oh, you found it. Sounds yeah, like the story like, found you. Yeah, the story came right <laughs> the to you. The story fell in my lap, and I loved it. So these two cops kind of approach me, and they come up, and they say, hey. Excuse you me, know, excuse me. Police officers. Police officers. Law, law enforcement professionals That's came right. up to me, and uh, they, they, they said, hey, you know, what are you doing? You, you know you can't be drinking that. And I said, really? Whoa, whoa, Did whoa. you say it just like that? No, I was a little more. I was a little more uh, respectful. I said, "Oh, okay. 
okay. Uh, no, it's like I really minded my P's and Q's with these guys because I'm not trying to make a fight with them. I didn't even point P's out. P's and Q's, by the way, meaning pints and quarts. Really? Pints and quarts, yes. So, so I, I even abstained from. Apropos. I abstained from pointing out that uh, 10 people walked by me as they were issuing me this ticket with, with open containers. Pro- probably way more, actually. But, anyways, so they come up, they said, hey, you know, you're not supposed to have this. And I said, look, guys, I'm not going to give you any trouble, whatever you want to do. Here's my ID. They said they were going to run it for a warrant, and they did. It took them like 30 minutes. You, wait, wait, wait. You were held there for 30 minutes while all this happened? Yes. Oh well, you weren't held. They didn't put cuffs on you. No, 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 no. No, of course not. But, I mean, I was I was standing there with uh, one police officer who was kind of keeping eye on me that I wouldn't run, and there was another guy who was running my license. And what were they were using, some sort of tool? What, what, they have a machine for that? You know, I didn't see. He, I handed him my ID, and he sort of disappeared around a corner. Okay, so it takes a long time to process one Max Yeager. It does. I missed Dick Ziggin walking by during the parade. Oh, my goodness. Mayor of Coney Island, Dick Ziggin. Uh, all right, let's backtrack for a second because right. it sounds like you are you want us to be sympathetic. I'm not sympathetic because we know that police officers, A, have a hard job to do, and B, many, many bad people are out there, and you might have been one of them. Well, f- I mean, I'm not asking for, for your sympathies, okay. Gersh. Okay. Um, I, I admit that I'm guilty, and I, I broke the law, and I've, I've already paid the ticket. It's, the check is, is literally in the mail. Not, I'm not joking. Whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't plead not guilty? You can plead not guilty. You always plead not guilty. You're an innocent man wrongly accused. I I broke the law. No, no. I was not not supposed to be drinking that. You allegedly broke the law until... Let me ask you a question. Did they test that? Did they test the beer? No, in fact, they didn't even ask what it was. My ticket does not have what... uh, That's an easy easy win. Yeah, but but then I look like a a wiener complaining about my ticket if I write a story about this. Let's not bring Anthony Wiener up right now, okay? He has nothing to do with this. I'd like to backtrack for a second because there's a lot of details here that are left on You're saying the ticket... It did not even say what substance was in the cup or can for which you were issued the summons. It did not. What did it say? It said it said uh, that I violated the open container law. It had the the section number and everything. It had the location, the you know issuing officer's last name, date, all that stuff. Okay. Nothing about beer or the particular make. So I got I have no sympathy for a punk like you. However, you're an innocent man wrongly accused, and I think. Handing out summonses for open container law at the Mermaid Parade is like handing out speeding tickets at the Indy 500. It's, it's insanity. And I talked to a lot of people who agree. A lot of people have been going to this parade for 20 years. A, a former Queen Mermaid who says that there are archival photos of her just pouring alcohol all over herself on floats. <laughs> well, that's not drinking it. That's not violating no, no. the open yeah, container you can, No, the, the containers were open. Yeah, but the, the, that's just I don't know if they have to the see law. you drink it or not. <laughs> Did they, well, actually they did not see me drinking, no. I wasn't, wasn't going to drink right in front of the cops. I was standing there with it. No, but they must have observed you from a distance. Come on. Well, sure, certainly. I mean, because th- th- it was in a red Solo cup. So, I mean, what do you know? So, my girlfriend and I were on the High Line about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we were, I had brought a bottle of wine because that's what I do. You should do that. Poured it into red Solo cups. And this cop, I don't know where he came from, from miles away, says, I smelled it from miles away. He literally said that to me because the bottle of wine was not visible. The cups were out. Could have been, could have been Coca Cola. Could have been grape juice. Could have been, could have been water. Could have been water. He says, "I smelled it from miles away." So that's what <laughs> I think they did to you, Max. Yeah, I, think I didn't. So. Get, I didn't get a ticket, by the way. I talked my way out of it. Oh wow. Well, listen, I gotta commend Max. Yeah. For actually paying the ticket because no, a lot of no. no Gersh, a lot of people. He knows he was in the wrong. He actually did break the law, and despite even though even though people all around him were breaking the law, they were not 
they were not uh, charged that, or summoned or Vince, that, you're misunderstanding. That is not my argument. My argument is he's an innocent man wrongly accused until convicted in a court of law by a jury of his peers. But if he accepts guilt for what he's been accused of, then he's the, not. The whole criminal justice system collapses <laughs> if people confess to petty crimes that they are not guilty of in a court of law. He's an innocent man wrongly accused. Now, he's an innocent man wrongly accused because why? Well, now he's a guilty man. He confessed and I understand guilty. that, but why are you saying he's an innocent man wrongly accused because if he's admitting that he did it? He could admit it. So you're saying he, should, he just should have lied and no, said that no, he didn't no. do he it. No, he should have pleaded not guilty and made the state present its case. Because in our system, he's innocent. They have to make the case and convince a jury of his peers. And i got to tell you something. We get a jury of your peers... You're beating the rap, my friend. You're beating the rap. How much? How much was the ticket, Max? Twenty-five dollars. Oh, that's oh, come on, Max. Don't delay the criminal justice system for twenty-five bucks. You did the right. I thing. think for twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> you got a better story. I thought it was going to be one hundred and fifty dollars. No, no, no. If, if it was a lot of money, I would have considered fighting it. But twenty-five dollars, it's not. I tell you, if I, I choose I was, my battles. If I was the NYPD, I'd be just twenty-five yeah, bucks. Everybody yeah. will do that. They'll yeah, pay that. That's like there. a cover charge. Well, they Wait. still haven't told me how many of those tickets they've issued. I asked them that evening. Wait, I, I think that that's actually a significantly lower ticket than other people. I've gotten, I've done stories about people who've gotten open containers. Like on the stoop, they, right? Was it? I think it's up to the police officer's discretion. You I should check into that. I, I I will, but I thought it was twenty five dollars. I don't think it's up to the police officers. They're I'm not going to sure leave it up to the police officer. Well, you should look into that. Wasn't the guy the guy on the stoop? I read those stories the yeah. other day. wasn't Wasn't his twenty five as well? No, I thought it was more. Okay. And I'll tell you a funny story. So I was ooh a funny story. You guys remember when I was a reporter, like a real reporter? Like I worked picture. for the New York Post. Now I work for the Daily News, beloved Daily News. Mm-hmm. I did a story. I was down in the. Um, the ECB court, what's that called? En- Environmental Control, Control board. board. That's where these tickets are adjudicated, by the way, if you fight them. I don't even know what that means. I was there for a completely unrelated story, and I noticed this judge was giving people $5 more of a penalty if they were drinking an imported beer, a Bex or a I Heineken. I do remember this. I do remember this. So, and I was there. So I was just sort of taking notes, and I was like, that's weird. And afterwards, I go over to him, and I say, Judge, I noticed you give a, a higher fine if it's a foreign beer. And he says, yeah, I think we should support America. I'm like, really? You could do that? He's like, and it's up to the judge's discretion. So we took this great picture of him holding a Budweiser in front of the American flag with the flag kind of draped over his shoulder. And, it, and it, the, head, the, the, this, the headline was, this judge is for you. <laughs> and <laughs> and this, was it before or after InBev bought? Uh... No, this is years ago. This is, before, this is like pre-9-11 when, when it was hard to get a ticket. When judges were dinner. judges. That sounds like a hero. <laughs> he was a good man. Uh, I don't know what happened to him, but if you can hear the sound of my voice, Judge, you're a good man. Although I think I said it was arbitrary and capricious, frankly, because I may prefer a foreign beer. And he said he thought if you were able to afford a foreign beer... You were able to afford... afford And this was before the craft beer revolution. I don't know what he would do with like a a Lagunitas Pale Ale or something. Probably drinking Beck's or something. No, it was mostly a lot of Corona, a lot of Budweiser, a lot of Beck's. Corona isn't actually much more expensive than... uh, He counted it as a foreign beer. Yeah, no, it's definitely foreign, but it's not coming from Europe. It's those European brews that tend to be more, a lot more expensive. So, what beer were you drinking, Max? I was drinking a Coney Island uh, Mermaid Pilsner. No, they should pay you to drink that because you're, you're basically advertising. It's in the spirit yeah. of the occasion. Exactly. Tell me. So, tell us how was the Mermaid Parade? Who was the Mermaid Queen and, and King this year? Uh, Haley Clawson, a hmm. uh, Sports Illustrated model. What do you think about that, Gersh? 
I don't like it. I don't like, like it. No. It seems like the Mermaid Parade's kind of selling out. No, who who was the king? Who one was time it was Lou Reed. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah, but no. Lou Reed. Lou Reed was a weirdo. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's not selling out. That's yeah, great. No, yeah. Um, the king. The king was Carlos Sosura of the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, that's, that's, that's no, no. Listen, I love Carlos Sosura <laughs> of the Chamber of Commerce. I we, love, we all do. I was. I'm in the Carlo. I'm the dean of the Carlos Sosura Press Corps. And, and fan club. And I would, no. <laughs> and I would never make him the, the king king of the mermaid print. And Vinny's making a good point, Max. If you're bringing in a Sports Illustrated model, yeah. that's like the opposite. The whole idea and the spirit of the mermaid parade is everybody's a mermaid for a day. Right. Man or, man or woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did, did, did uh, Ziggin have anything to do with this? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He must have. Like Sports Illustrated. I mean, to be honest, I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's I as mainstream. Into that. That's Listen, as mainstream yeah. as you get. That's lamestream. That's the lamestream media. Are you telling me you don't get the sports? I think we should call Ziggin right now. You want to call Ziggin? Yeah, try him on the phone, though. Maybe it'll it'll correct our sound problem. You guys talk about yourself. I'm talk amongst yourself. Okay. I'm calling hey, Max, How's it going? It's growing. It's going great, Vince. You working on any stories right now? We're working on some great stories. We got a reporter, uh, our, our Bay Ridge and Sunset Park reporter, Dennis Lynch, got an award from the uh, the biggest business group in uh, Sunset Park today. Really? What What is the biggest group in Sunset Park? The uh, The Sunset Park Business Improvement District. Oh, they are huge. They've got a, oh, yeah. Guys, we're reaching out they're to the They're talons in all of Fifth Avenue. Yeah, no. What is going on? Uh, Johnny, I, I can't take it. So we're going to reach out to Dick Ziggin, but Max, mm. you were at the parade. Forget about the beer incident for a second. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. was the parade? Was it a good parade this year? It was a good parade. There yeah. was, it was very political. What do you mean? It was very when political. you say political, yeah, what do you so mean? The, so not only was it political in the sense that people were like, there were people dressed as Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump and this whole like, oh, you know, okay. election thing, but there was, a, there was a big group of people marching about plastic bags. There was a big plastic oh, bag yeah. monster. That's not new. There's been, every year there's always like a, a billionaire, they had a billionaire parody a couple of years uh, ago. Mm-hmm. They had a, Atlantic Yards had a huge Oh huge man, I'm parody. sure, yeah. Right, I'm reaching out to Ziggin again. You keep talking. And uh, I mean, the real, the real queen and king were, of course, Chuck Varga. And Bambi the Mermaid. From Guar? Chuck Varga from Guar. Guar. Who, who made an excellent costume and proposed to Bambi the Mermaid, a it's queen, ringing, queen from months ago, years ago. Really? Are we yeah. getting Ziggin on the phone? Yeah. Let's, let's reach out to Ziggin. Make sure you adjust the sound there, Jimmy. I mean, I don't know if he's going to answer. He doesn't know what we're calling. You, n- you never know. But, uh, this is... but that's the kind of spontaneous... Hey, is that Dick Ziggin of Coney Island? What's that? Hey, Dick, this is Gersh Kunstman from Brooklyn Paper Radio along with Vince DiMasselli. How are you, sir? Okay, am I on the air, Kirsch? We had to call you on the air spontaneously because of an allegation against the Mermaid Parade. Are you prepared to answer? I have no idea what you're talking about, so this will be a genuine, spontaneous moment. I love it. What is the complaint? Well, we understand that the Queen Mermaid of the Mermaid Parade this year was, in fact, a Sports Illustrated model. That's absolutely true. Kelly was a wonderful Queen Mermaid, but had no attitude, was as nice as can be, and got us lots of publicity, not only in your paper, the Daily News, but the New York Post. Hey, and also for some reason on the Sports Illustrated website. Ooh, how'd that happen? Well, so I guess mission accomplished there, Dick. That's my job, to come up with celebrities year after year. Sometimes it's rock stars, genuine rock stars. Sometimes it's the mayor's kids, because I think his kids were cool and represented the new audience for the Mermaid Parade. Last year, it was the darlings of the avant-garde underground. And this year, 
we went shockingly mainstream, almost like the Mermaid Parade doing the satire on itself. I don't know, Jake. Supermodels who brought along her friend Adele, uh, who I didn't like think was all that, uh, and then it turns out she's Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend. Wow, so you you called it mainstream. A minute ago, Vinny and I were saying, was that the lamestream media? Oh, (laughs) come on. Um, We always introduce, and it's a privilege uh, that the Mermaid Parade is where the big shots and the celebrities like to make their grand entrance. Mm. Uh, We've always introduced... um, celebrities and crazy people to Coney Island and um, we're working with our new friends at the amphitheater who are bringing in national acts. Mm-hmm. It is That's gonna impressive, be... not lame, that Coney Island has Ticketmaster Live Nation booking national rock and roll shows. Hey. And they are bringing in the Sports Ellis beat show um, in August where you don't go to hear music, you go to watch um, cover girls play volleyball, I think. Um, I would pay to see that. Sorry? I would pay to see that. I see. So that's going on um, to coincide with the August issue of Sports Illustrated which is the swimsuit issue, which will have Queen Mermaid on the cover oh. and lots of photos shot in Coney Island, even at the Mermaid Parade, even at the Freak Show, even in front of Luna Park. I think it's awesome what the parade uh, gets to do for Coney Island, and we love Coney Island back. What's well, wrong with that? No, Nothing. We, we all we all love Coney Island, and we've been cheering for it for for years and years, as you know. But I guess the the question is, and we we even had Adam Duritz on last week, Accounting Crows, promoting one of the concerts that you're going to have out there at the new amphitheater. But the the question is, at what point in time are we to expect like the Mermaid Parade brought to you by Budweiser? Whoa! Or should I say, America Beer? Um, you know, it, all kidding aside, that damn parade, which is such a great party for New York City, cost me and my little tiny not-for-profit arts organization over $100,000. And we struggled to, make e- to break even. It, the reality should be that it makes enough money to fund our funky, wonderful, artsy programs for the rest of the year. And if Budweiser or any other big sponsor came in and helped us with our expenses, we don't mind helping them with advertising. Uh, the parade already has 34 years of its tradition. It's not about to change. Um, so sponsorship is welcome. I got to tell you something, Dick. I came in a skeptic, and I'm leaving your biggest fan. I am championing Dick Ziggins' work because he turned that around. He, he turned it around from lamestream that you were saying, Vince, and, and maybe I was too, and he bit. turned it into, you know what? It's I a, want you to know that Haley, our queen, is a nice 21-year-old. She has no attitude. She did everything we asked her to do, even though Sports Illustrated 
owns every single photo they take of her and won't even think about sharing it until August when the Coney Island Sports Illustrated issue comes out. She put on a Mermaid Parade T-shirt and sent us three photos in our T-shirt and said, put these on the web anywhere you want. There you She's go. She's a nice queen. Well, I got nothing against her. I just, you know, we were talking, we just love Lou Reed. We love that old tradition. But you're right. You're, you're, you got to do everything, right? You got to do it all, Dick. Yep. All right. He, uh, we'll surprise you next year and take a different direction. Someday oh, maybe Gersh Kunstman becomes the uh, king of that mermaid parade. Someday. Silence, Gersh. <laughs> Silence. Silence. Crickets. Sure things have happened. All right. Dick, Dick Ziggin, Coney Island, USA, you've done it again. We are Thank look, you. We are really looking forward to that new uh, sport, that Coney Island Sports Illustrated. So that should be fun. Yep. The August issue with Queen Mermaid on the cover. Woo. He's done it again. Dick, right. thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. I got to say, he turned that frown around. What do you think, Max? What, from what you heard there, do you think that Gersh Kunstman and Vince DiMaselli were totally wrong? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, oh, I do. Word. I got to say, I think Gersh Kunstman as the uh, Mermaid Parade I, I king think, would be awesome. I know. I think there's a story there. I think the fact that, uh, you know, that, like, Dick is, like, years ago, no one would go near this. They would really not go near it. And, and Dick Ziggin is a big reason why that's kind of turned around now. Like, we have this crazy parade where there were women and men walking around in various states of undress. And, you know, years ago, you would never think that a, a, a big media outlet like Sports Illustrated would even want to be associated with something like that. But, you know, he just keeps going out there year mm-hmm. after year after year and doing it you know, day in, you know, year in and year out, getting the job done. You, and It's a lesson. Max, you're a young kid. It's a lesson in integrity. In other words, Dick Ziggin has been doing what he's been doing for 30-something years out of Coney Island, USA. I remember I discovered that place back in the mid-'80s. And i got to say, you just do it. History is not written by the winners, Max. It's written by people who stay long enough to write the damn history themselves. I'll tell you, when he said, when he said that we have 35, or 34 years of, of tradition, that was, when, that was when I came on board with him during this discussion because yep. I thought, you know what, he's right. He's been doing this for a long time. It's his gig, Max. It's his gig. When you own the Brooklyn paper, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Exactly. In All the right. meantime, you'll do as I say. And <laughs> Max, I want you to thank you for coming oh, Hold on, here. I'm not done with Wait, Max. Wait, I thought we were done. <laughs> I want to do one more thing. What's that? Max, in the end, everybody was drinking at the Mermaid Parade, am I right? Everybody. How many people, what percentage of the drinkers you think got tickets? I didn't see anyone else get a ticket, so I would say zero. Well, like, you know, whatever fraction of the crowd that I am. I'm well, the get, only person get, I saw. Get that answer. I'm and working get back on it. I asked him. All right, get out of here. We've got to pay some bills. Thank Max you, Max. Yeager, everybody. A, a gentleman, a scholar, and great teeth. And speaking of teeth. Yes. Very good transition. Thank <laughs> you. When was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? I have never seen a dentist who was truly affordable. Until? I saw Dr. Joseph Lichter in Midwood. He's got state-of-the-art dentistry that's ex- offered at extremely reasonable prices, like to the point where you go to a Brooklyn Heights dentist and the price has got an extra zero or two on it, like two zeros. Let me give you some examples. Invisalign, that's that virtually invisible alternative to metal braces. Yeah. Usually it's $5,000. Could be that much. Lichter charges you $1,000. Such a deal. Let's give you another one. Porcelain veneers. Usually $1,000 at a Brooklyn Heights dentist. Dr. Lichter, $675. That's a savings of $300 and something. I'll give you one more. Limited time offer. Dr. Lichter is going to offer you the Zoom teeth whitening procedure. What would you pay for that? 
Oh man, for a, t- a really good teeth yeah, whitening. Zoom, no, the Zoom teeth the whitening. Zoom teeth whitening. What would you pay? I would probably pay a thousand dollars. Well, Lictor's gonna give it to you. Limited time only, three ninety five. So do me a favor. Call Lictor's office today, 718-339-7878. Set up an appointment. Or you can stop by 1420 Avenue P. Although, frankly, they don't like when you stop by. Make a call. 718-339-7878. Or go to the website, josephlichterdds.com. No, it's true. You, you should have an appointment when you go to Dr. Dr. Joseph Lichter. What are you going to do with those teeth? Once you get those teeth all cleaned and straightened, what are you going to do with them? You're going to go and you're going you're gonna, to... You don't have to make an appointment at Atlas Steakhouse. Reservations are accepted. You can you can make a reservation or you can just show up. Just show up. Just show up because at Atlas Steakhouse, they're offering you a selection of premium cuts that are aged on site for perfect texture and taste. At Atlas Steakhouse, there is an extensive list of vintage wines. There are expertly mixed classic and signature cocktails. You got your classic cocktails, so like a Tom Collins. You got like, your, a, like a Manhattan. You got a signature cocktail that's like a Godfather. Yeah, definitely. Well, signature appetizers are guaranteed to stimulate your palate. Atlas Steakhouse, they will take your choice cut steak. They'll craft it into a culinary masterpiece just for you. There are delightful desserts, each sweeter than the last. At Atlas Steakhouse, it is a completely unique dining experience. Atlas Steakhouse, as you know, is at 943 Coney Island Avenue in beautiful Ditmas Park. You can find them online at atlassteak.com. All right, good news is, Jimmy, we paid all our bills, so bring that music down a little bit, because I want you to play another signature part of the Brooklyn Paper Radio Show. we got to do our In the Paper segment. i got a lot to talk about. I read the morning paper. That's right. That's Jimmy and the Revolvers who play that in the papers music for us. We, we got to have them on. It was such a jam-packed week for news in Brooklyn. So much going on. We were gonna. I, mean, I was going to start it with the whole Cyclones thing, but we were good enough to have Tom Gamboa explain why the Cyclones are in free fall. Yeah. We were going to do the whole Max Yeager thing, but we, we decided that was too big a story. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of the lesser-known stories that you have to know about. First of all, we talked about it, Vince. Mm-hmm. The F train. There's a lot going on with the When F-train. you try to get out of the F train at York Street, which is in popular Dumbo, Very it's, an, popular. it's a nightmare. There's only one exit. It's on all the way on one end. So Vince and I have started a crusade. We say, open up the F. Open the F. We started that crusade about two years ago, and now it looks like, and I'm going to get Lauren Gill in here, it looks like someone's actually designed it. They're, they're thinking about it. We got people thinking. We got people designing. We got people doing work. All right. Let me get her in here. I think it's pro bono work. Or maybe it's work that's not so much pro bono, but work that they hope will lead to a job. Well, it's, it's pro-egress, I'll tell you that Hello? much. Hey, uh, Lauren Gill, this is Gersh Kunstman of Brooklyn Paper Radio. Can you come in here, please? Sure. Oh, she's coming in. A very talented young oh, reporter. No, she's great. All right, let's get her in here and we'll ask her. She's coming in. I can see her walking from here. I can see she's going a little slow. No, a little slow. Lauren Gill, thank you for joining us on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Slam that door and we'll get in here. Now, Lauren... We are going to talk about a hot series of stories that you've been working on. First, the F train may finally get the exit we so richly deserve on the south end of the platform. Tell us all about it, but but be brief. Okay, so this Dumbo Architects has come up with a plan for a second entrance at the end of High Street. A plan, by the way, I think he got the idea for it from, uh, from our earlier reports. Is that correct? He didn't say that. Uh, he started working on it in March, but article well, came out in cover- February. So. We've, yeah, we've been covering that since February. Yeah. So our challenge was always, well, where is that exit going to be? How deep is it? How how are we going to? How does he solve the, the architectural problems? 
Well, it has to be ADA compliant. Um, so anything new? Anything new, Gersh? ADA compliant. That's the American with Disabilities Act. So that means it needs an Gersh. I don't either. An elevator or an escalator. The elevator. 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 There you go. All right. So it's an elevator. That's fine. Yeah. That's so fine. So people will go onto man like the plaza. They'll take the elevator, or they'll go into the entrance, which will also have bathrooms. Well, um, no, let's not get carried away. Come on. That's, well, that's not, good because you don't want people peeing on the tracks. No, that's I've been not, saying that's that not even workable. So where is this entrance going to be? Oh, I just told you at the end of High Street. Yeah, but nobody knows what High Street is. Look, okay. everyone knows. Do you know like near the foot of the Manhattan Bridge? Okay, so it's on, it's on the south end of what that station is. Because a lot of people think, well, why can't they dig another entrance on the north end? Closer people, to Dumbo. People get turned around. But I don't actually, know where north and south is. I, well, it's okay. near Dumbo Heights. I don't even know what that Dumbo means. Dumbo Heights. That's a... That's a myth. It's that's Jared that's Kushner's a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, yeah, Jared tech. Kushner. That's Jehovah's Witness talk, my friend. All right. All right. Look, All right. The I'm fact sorry. of the matter is, what you're trying to say, Gersh, is the, the optimal place to put the entrance obviously would be further into Dumbo, where there are more people walking around. And this entrance would be on the other side, closer to, say, Concord Village. Right. Where, yes, there's people in Concord Village who would be very happy with an entrance over well, you there. Can't put but the, the simple fact of the matter is, there needs to be. A second egress, okay. as it were, because it that 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 station is the danger zone. Okay. I mean, anything can happen. No, anything so here's the happen. question, and it's Lauren. all bad. Mm-hmm. Here's the question, Lauren. What is it going to cost? What would this design cost? Because it looks good with the elevator and I the bathrooms. Did, I'm not sure. You're not sure. No, but I know typical typically new entrances cost like 25 million. 25 million dollars for one entrance. How can that be? Yeah, it seems like you, Lauren. Now. Let me ask you this, Lauren. You hire me and Vince. Give me two jackhammers, a couple jackhammers, maybe a couple of day laborers. I pick them up at the Home Depot. Two day laborers. We get that done in a week, and I'll charge you three hundred thousand dollars. I think it's a little bit more than that. Just give me a drilling permit. That's all I give me. Sounds some, risky. All right. Anyway, twenty-five million sounds like a lot. Is it worth it? I think it is. I know that yeah, station. Yeah, that area is going to be growing so much. They yeah. need another entrance. Because now you're talking about Dumbo Heights, the Jared Kushner yeah, building, and the eighty-five J, the huge uh, block-wide lot that there's going to be huge apartment all buildings, right. also probably by Jared Kushner. So, so you know they a should lot. Probably foot the bill for the new entrance. Yeah, that's the question. That's the Gersh. question. That's the question. The the developers come in. They and, come in. and all all the time. All these years, they're like, well, the city's got to put in the infrastructure. Yeah, no, that's no. got to change. It's well, got to change. Does it? I think it does have to change because the city is offering so much now just in the fact that people will buy. You know, yeah, you're right. 25 years ago when people weren't buying in Brooklyn or whatever, or maybe 30 years ago yeah. when they weren't buying in the city, you needed the city to, to foot the bill for things like that. But now you're putting in new buildings, new construction near a subway line. You've got to put in, you gotta put in an entrance because the neighborhood's going to need it. Well, you know, we've had our ups and downs with that issue, Vince, if you remember our prior mm-hmm. coverage. I don't love the idea of private corporations controlling or building or designing public space. You know I don't. Well, who's go- who else is going to do it? Well, the MTA? It's called raising taxes because I am a tax and spend liberal. Yes. No, we've heard this story before. Gary. Tax, 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 spend, spend, spend. Now, the problem is... Jobs, jobs, jobs. The problem is between the collection of the taxes words, and the actual... <laughs> words. Words. The problem is the collection of the taxes and the actual s- spending. What happens in between? So there's some there's some lost money. I would guess so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but in a corporate setting, well, forget about. It. Someone's going to because as you know, Gersh, I am a fiscal conservative, and I am a tax, 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 spend, spend, spend. Where are you, Gil? Where are you on yeah, the where public? Are you on that, where, where are you? Where are you on that scale? 
Are you a tax and spend liberal she or hates, a fiscal conservative? She's always hated when we ask anything personal. Come on, where are you? On, are you tax and spend liberal or you want to farm everything out to corporations? I'm a liberal. Oh, well, that doesn't mean well, anything. Ultimately, what what, I'm a liberal too. Now the kids today, they don't. You know, it's tough. They don't. They don't understand the money yet. Okay. Well, anyway, Lauren, you're an excellent. You're excellent on the development issue, and I wanted to bring up another another development. You're, you're welcome. I want to bring up another development-related issue. You had a bike lane story this week. I don't know if you noticed. I commented on the bottom of it during the week. Oh, Did you? No, there's like 50 comments yeah. that well, I got lost. We always yeah. we always Gersh's learned. Comment was lost. Lauren, you always know we have been covering bike lanes in Brooklyn since the outset, onset. Of, of bike lanes. No, I remember the first time I was driving down J Street in my car, in my car, and I said to Gersh, this is back in the early aughts, yeah. Yeah. and I said to Gersh, I don't know, they painted some kind of weird bike lane on the street. <laughs> I think this is going to be big. Yeah. And he was like, what the hell are you talking about? No, I, And then I was like, you got to see this bike lane. It's not a bike lane. It's like, a, I don't know, it's in the middle of the street. It's just there's a bike there. This is going to blow up. Okay. And after about a year, Gersh was like, you're right. No, man. This is that's you know totally what, you know how it happened. This is called rewriting history. But no, Lauren, let's totally write the happened. let's write the history of the present. So you were writing about a bike lane on Clinton Avenue in Fort Greene, now uh, you, Clinton Hill. Well, oh, Clinton yeah. Hill and Fort Greene. Okay, yeah. so it's the Clinton Avenue. I know Clinton Avenue very well, and I am a cyclist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I would say this: Clinton Avenue is not a good place for a bike lane. Really? It's Why? A, it's a two way street. Yeah. I don't like bike lanes on two way streets. They were going to make it one way. Interesting. Well, now you've just ramped it up. They're going to make Clinton Avenue one way? Which yeah, direction? Yeah, that's why people were really upset about it. Well, which direction is it going to go? Oh, um, I think it would go towards downtown. Towards downtown Brooklyn. Yeah. I like that. I now like it. Because the problem is I bike a lot. If you can hear the sound of my voice and you're a cyclist, call 718-260-4502 to join the discussion. But that's Lauren, bag 50-40. I'm, <laughs> I'm a cyclist, and I go on Vanderbilt. Because that's my route from Windsor Terrace, the WT, all the way to the Manhattan Bridge. So how yeah, do they, wait, apparently how, that's a very popular It's extremely route, popular. Yeah. The problem with Vanderbilt is what, Lauren? It's a two-way street, and people drive like crazy assholes. Yeah, and you have to share with cars, Yeah, right? we got Sharrows. Sharrows. Because yeah. I call them the, de- like J.K. Rowling, I call them the deadly Sharrows. <laughs> is that a parody? Anyway, the point is, if they're going to make Clinton Avenue one way, I'm all for it. All for yeah. it. You so got my vote. You you are so coming around on this. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was one way. So you read the story and you commented. There's a big there's a, there's a, there's a giant graph. I read the story, but it didn't say one way. Look at the graphic. There's I don't know. It says it in the it says it in the article. Yeah, where though? Like Ladies and gentlemen, this in? is all on Brooklynpaper.com. You can take a look and see just how wrong uh, Gersh no, was. Let's see how wrong I was. Let's see if you can take back that comment. One way. No, it's actually not in the story. It is actually not in the story. So there. So there, guys. It's it wasn't not. the original story. Really? So somebody edited that pretty important detail no, out. the story before that we published when the plan was initially proposed. Oh, and so it must you, have gotten left out of the second story. You decided, so you decided to update the story and leave out a very important detail well, that I second. actually missed, Lauren, and that I put an inaccurate comment on your story, and now I am the laughing stock of this <laughs> radio studio. Without question. And you can yet, see it in the graphic, though, can't you? No, it's not in the graphic. It is in the no, graphic. No, i got to figure it out in the graphic. Yeah, it's been revised. Wow, mistakes are made. Mistakes are... Well, anyway, now I support it fully. One-way one way street, bike lane, protected bike lane. I'm all for it. Lauren Gill, thank you. Yep. You've, thank you. You've cleared things up once again. Yep. All right, Lauren, we're going to send you out. 
Oh, actually, you worked on the goat labor story, am I right? Yes, yeah, so that's oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, can I get that in the papers? This is the again? trifecta. Oh. It's the Lauren Gill trifecta. Okay, we had to do that because Lauren Gill is still here talking about her monumental work. And this one I oppose. Lauren, tell us what is going on in Brooklyn Bridge Park right now with animal labor. Brooklyn Bridge Park has brought in four goats to eat the weeds on the berm near Pier 3. So they, they brought in a bunch of brand Nubians. Thank you. I'm, I'm here all night. Yeah. They brought in a bunch of brand Nubians to eat the weeds. Now my question to you, Lauren Gill, why not human labor? Human rights. Not yeah. goat rights, human well, rights. I asked the director of horticulture this morning and she said, it would take a lot of man hours, and she said that goats were the most logical solution because they, like, I mean, I use a lawnmower, it gives off gas emissions, and she said goats also provide fertilizer. I so. think goats give off certain emissions as well. That's hot. <laughs> no, but my question, Lauren, that's all well and good. It's yeah. a money-saving effort by the park to try to be more efficient. I get mm. that. I mean, human all the construction, though, probably work is them. a human right, not a goat yeah. right. Okay? Goats are for eating or milk. Okay? Well, these goats have been trained to eat weeds. Yeah, but I say goat to hell because I believe that a highly skilled human, you, and I would say union laborer, would probably make $25 an hour on that I hill. I don't know, Gersh. This could be, the as far as the, the goat circle of life. But where does it end, Vince? Mm. Where does it end? We're going to have, like, like dexterous lemurs working in our factories. We're going to have no, but look gorillas at injecting look, right. us at the hospital. Look at it this way. First it of can all, be you, done, Jimmy. You can't do that because you end up with Planet of the Apes. We all know that. Now, what I'm saying is you have a baby goat, all right? You teach it to eat the grass. You mean like a kid? kid <laughs> you teach it to you teach it to to eat the grass sure it eats the grass it's doing its its service to the community sure circle of life and then you uh you then buy uh, a wonderful gyro from the uh, the guy at the corner the halal gyro there guy you go. yeah all, that's a circle of life it's a These circle goats of goat aren't life be eaten, they're not going to be eaten what's the no. point wait a second i'm i'm off the boat now no yeah, that's, that's from the my dock. story that's why aren't we tomorrow. eating the goat that's the whole. They're, that's they're the best gonna, part of the goat. They're going to eat grass until they die. I was assured. Today. This right. is this is this could be as Brooklyn Farm to Brooklyn Table as it could get. Sure. Through. Yeah. In we fact, could, if they would use female goats, they would eat the Brooklyn grass. Could we some, could milk them, and it would be Brooklyn goat cheese. They're, that's they're with boys, goat, so. yeah, like made with with you know what is that grass fed? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We could have a real hipster thing here. What happened to that idea? They brought in male goats. That's yeah. what I'm going for. They brought him in. So, Lauren, you're, you seem to be sympathetic. Do you know that I was a one-man protest today? It's going to be on the Daily News website later. I was yelling things like, this is bad. Yeah. This is bad. But I, I want to know what people said, like the workers. I know you spoke to one person, but I'd like to hear more from the workers. If well, so would I. That. So would I. Obviously, yeah. they were um, – I was down there about 5 o'clock, and frankly, uh, there weren't a lot of workers out I don't there. Know. Listen, yeah. When I was a kid, I never wanted to mow the lawn. I would have died for a goat. Yeah, it would have been I nice would have been to have like, a goat. Yeah, just get a freaking goat. I guess. Here. I yeah. guess what I'm Why upset about. It's trendy right it now. It is hot Brooklyn. out there. I have allergies. The lawnmower. My brother runs over the, the my my fat brother runs over the the electric cord and then grabs it and puts it together and shocks himself. You, you had know, an electric mower. We had an electric mower. So why don't they use out. why don't they use electric mowers in, in Brooklyn Bridge Park, uh, Lauren? It's not like ecologically friendly. Well, it's more the ecologically mower, friendly. Is, yeah, there's less. There's less. There's no emissions. As opposed to the goat, which, which, has, which emissions. has emissions. Methane. Methane. Mm -hmm. You familiar yeah, with yes, it? Yes, I am familiar. So you ever Lauren, stand next to a goat for a long enough time? 
Lauren, tell you something. It's not pretty. Lauren, we got to get out. Okay. we got to get out. But you seem sympathetic. Do you believe that work is a human right? That's a simple That's question. That's a very simple question, Lauren. It's a yes well, or no like, answer. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, in other words, dignity. Okay? Dignity. Yes, I think... If you if you teach a the man the right to work, are you yeah, the right to okay. work. That human, I think, I, but I think you have to find someone, Gersh. Yeah. You got to find someone that wants to do this job. Do you ever see that hill? Well, I've seen that. It's hill. on like a, it's, it's like an eighty degree angle. No, yeah, we had to sign waivers to go up on the hill today. No, so no, that's insane. all the dog. Okay, and pony but here's show. my point. Here's my point, Lauren. If you're signing waivers, it means it would be a dangerous job. A dangerous job can earn a man or a woman forty, fifty dollars an hour. I can pay my, I can feed my family on fifty dollars an hour. But no, instead I'm feeding a bunch of goats. That's why I say we should eat the goats. Yeah, well, well, maybe we should give them to charity. But do you understand that. my point, Lauren? Yes, I do understand. Okay, so work dignifies human beings. Yeah. Okay, work is basic. You got a job. How would you feel if you didn't have a job? You got put out of work because they uh, those monkeys finally figured out how to type Shakespeare. How would you feel? Yeah, I'd be upset. Yeah, that's yeah, right. All right, we got to get out, Lauren. Three for three this week. F train exit, bike lanes on Clinton Avenue, and of course, the goat. And I say, just say, nah. Just say, nah. Is that what goats say? Thank you. Lauren, Lauren Gill, Gill has done it again. Lauren Gill, you've done she it again. Thank you very firm. much. She came Thank down firm against eating the goats. I'm not sure you heard it's that. It's weird. No, no. She was she definitely like, anti goat eating. But let me tell you, you're out of work, right? <laughs> You'll eat anything. You'll, yeah, if they give you a goat, you're going to eat it. Well, not, I not. think it's a disgrace. Jimmy, I think it's a disgrace that goats have the potential, that hasn't happened yet, yeah. have the potential to displace American male and female human workers. What do you mean it hasn't happened yet? I think it, it no, has happened. No, they have happened. not. No, they have not actually replaced any workers. This is supplemental work that has never been performed by humans, they said. So they're saying they never mowed that lawn? They had not mowed that lawn yet. Oh, That's why the, the berm was that. Anyway, we've got to get out. Listen. We have got to tell the listeners about the hiatus. There, there will be a hiatus soon in Brooklyn Paper Radio. Next week. Not, not due to lack of ratings. No, no, no. I, here's Because I'm producing and writing Murder at the Food Co-op. But we've, we've, yes, Murder at the Food Co-op's coming up. I did not get the part. You didn't get the part? No, then. I got a rejection letter in the mail. Do you want to sing the song? You want to sing the song you, uh, you auditioned with? No, but I didn't get the part. I'm not, I'll never part. sing it again. Every, anyway. ti- every time I hear that song now... A tear will fall down my eye because I, I blew it. Well, we're going to wipe that tear away when you see Murder at the Food Co-op at the Fringe Festival. That's the New York City International Fringe Festival, August 12th through 28th in downtown Manhattan. All mm-hmm. the theaters are below 14th Street, and we are going to have a great time. But we've got a lot of work to put on a show. There's no business like show business, mm-hmm. but the show must go on. And in order to do that, or, or I've got to work my ass off. The, the show must goat on. Yeah, well, in this case, so we're going to take a hiatus. Goats? Any goats in the show? No goats in the show. There are uh, no animals are harmed, or and no humans lose their job to an animal in the show. After the show, you guys have like like a buffet. You get together. You have some something to eat, something to drink. No, no, that's a production that? cost that I cannot shoulder. Will you go out to eat? After yeah, the show? I, I, I don't know if I'm taking them. I'll take them out. For, first drink be, on me. First drink on me. Will there be any goats there? Only on my plate. There you go. All right, the point is, we're going to go on hiatus. So next week is our last show for about nine weeks. It's going to be nine weeks, but it might be a big show. We're, we're talking. We're in talks we're right one now. One of America's greatest and best-loved comedians. One so of Brooklyn's own. You're going to want to listen next week. Because one of Brooklyn's own, who will be playing that Coney Island Amphitheater, by the way. No question about it. Will be there and maybe coming on the show next week, hopefully in studio. If not in studio, on the phone. It's a guy we've talked to in the past. You all know him. Well, His name is... Well, we'll let's, let's leave it on the... Anyways, we've got to get out. Vince, 
You're a handsome man. What are you doing tonight? Oh, man. I don't know. There is just so much on my plate right now, I don't even know where to start. I really don't. Any goat on your plate? There will be some goat on my plate when I get home, I think. I like a nice goat burger or lamb burger. All right. Well, I'm going to a restaurant in Gap Hatton called The Red Cat. You may say, why is he going to The Red Cat? Why is he eating in Gap Hatton? Because my girlfriend and I are celebrating one year back together. And our first date last year was at the Red Cat. Wow, just time flies, Gersh. It does time fly. Flies. It does when you're having fun. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm Gersh Kunzman of the Daily News, along with Vince DiMaselli of the Brooklyn Paper. Come see Murder at the Food Co-op at the Fringe. I want to thank Tom Gamboa, talking to us about the Cyclones' free fall. I want to thank Max Yeager, who talked to us about his open container law violation at Coney Island. And, of course, Lauren Gill for our In the Paper segment and our sponsors, Dr. Joseph Lichter DDS and Atlas Steakhouse. I'm Gersh Kunstman. Hey, Gersh. I'll see you next week and then hiatus. Thank you, Vince. Take it easy. Common Core.